unleash the power of knowledge and connect with the heartbeat of the African diaspora. Download our African Diaspora News Channel app now on Google Play and Apple App Store. Stay informed with authentic and diverse perspectives, breaking news and cultural insights. Immerse yourself in a community that celebrates unity, resilience and progress. Experience the vibrancy of the diaspora at your fingertips. Don't miss out. Empower your perspective today. Search African Diaspora News Channel and join the conversation. There's one thing about Kenyans that I really like. They're very bold and audacious people. And that doesn't mean that they've not made their fair share of mistakes. But uh, Kenyans are those type of people who they're very quick to call something to order, whether they have to call themselves to order or another situation. Now, barely a year ago, um, Kenya went to the elections and it was either Ruto, William Ruto or Raila Dinga, who has served in opposition for very many years. And Kenyans voted by majority of 50 plus one for Dr. William Ruto, who was the vice president of Kenya for 10 years, together with the whole Kenyatta, who was the president then. And now he's serving as a president. And when he was doing his campaign, he promised, he talked big time. And it wasn't, he wasn't promising heaven. He was promising the basic stuff. He was promising um, an enabling business environment. He was promising job creation for the youth. He was promising healthcare. He was promising ease of, of, of living, reducing the cost of living. One year in office, he has done none of that. If anything, he's done the complete opposite of what his government said it would do. Um, they've, they've turned the whole country into chaos. Education, the Ministry of Education, which had been seamlessly and smoothly run for close to 10 years, he turned it upside down, you know. And right now, education is just in shambles, which is one of the most critical sectors in the country. Healthcare is falling apart because there's no money at the national government level and still no money at the county level. And that means that majority of Kenyans who cannot afford private healthcare are the ones who are suffering. Do not get me started on the taxes. Kenyans are paying taxes through their nose and their teeth. Every single week, there's a new tax that this creative government is always coming up with. What they need is money, and when do they need it? Now. From whom? Kenyans, who they tax and tax and tax. And you know, there's always this conversation of expanding the tax bracket. And almost all African politicians do not get it when it comes to tax. There's something called the Laffer's Curve. You will tax somebody until there's no more taxation that you can put on them because you've taken everything that you can take from them. Instead of creating an enabling business environment where more people get into the job market and you can get more people to tax. These people are so lazy. They are like, we have people we can tax here and those are the people that we're actually going to tax. Businesses are struggling in Kenya. Kenya used to be the gateway of East Africa and Africa by extension outside of countries like Nigeria and South Africa. The next place you would think about is Kenya. They have great education, great labor force. We speak English, which, um, Majority of foreign investors is something that they prefer. For a long time, we had stable electricity. It was expensive, but it was stable. Right now, blackouts are the order of the day in that country. They're blackouts that last for hours at the airport, Jomo Kenyatta International Airport. Blackouts, unemployment is at the highest rate. There's flooding, there's drought, there's no money. The dollar will hit 200 you know, $1 will trade at 200 shillings by the end of this year, according to Bloomberg Economics. And that just tells you the country is not heading in the right direction. And with this in mind, you might think that the leadership of the country are doing 
everything in their power to turn the situation around. No, the man is busy on the national jet traveling from one country to another in the name of I'm looking for opportunities and I'm looking for jobs for Kenyans abroad as if he's never heard of the word brain drain. You want to export all your great labor. Cool, because you're thinking you, you're targeting um, some money that will come back home. But then again, it's almost like these people are educated and exposed, but they're the most crude. They're not the sharpest tool in the shade because even if you go to London and you're making $4,000 a month, once Uncle Sam takes what he takes, what are you left with? Once you pay water, electricity, utilities, and take care of yourself, what is left to even send home? Outside of $200 for your family to sustain themselves. How much can you build a country based off the fact that you're waiting for people to go home and to go outside work and send remittances? That's not how you build a country. Kenyan developers are so popular out here because of how good they are, but they're not working for Kenyan companies. They're working for international companies. You're building American, British, Canadian, Australian companies, and you're building those economies by extension. You're not building yours. But then again, that is the narrative that he runs with. And the problem is, he has a tone of arrogance to everything that he does. And it's not just him. I think that very many politicians, and correct me in the comment section if I'm wrong, or tell me if you come from a country where politicians are not tone deaf and listen to the people. Like when the people say, we're really suffering, please do not introduce more taxes, please reduce the cost of living, please give us subsidies. If you come from a country where leaders actually listen to people, comment down below and tell me what country and which leader, because those are people that we need to profile. But this has not happened in Kenya with President William Ruto. Despite the fact that people are crying every single day saying, we cannot continue to live like this. The cost of food is, a, is astronomical. The cost of transport, the cost of fuel has gone up. And you keep adding more taxes and more taxes and more taxes. The more the Kenyan shilling deteriorates against the dollar, um, the more you leave us in a compromised position because importing becomes very, very expensive. And by extension, that cost is passed to the consumer. Will this man here? No. What he does is finding new ways to go to the international market with a begging bowl to borrow for more money so that whatever they do with the money, only they know. And we all know that most of these African countries, when they go to borrow, most of that money goes into recurrent expenditure where they pay salaries. And then when it comes to time to repay that debt, you cannot pay back that money. And IMF comes in and says, the owners of the money want it. So what are we going to do? You're going to introduce even more taxes on these people whom you borrowed and didn't use that money to improve their lives. Do you see that cycle of, of perpetual abuse that is happening in terms of leadership in the country? And so people are just tired. Anywhere the president goes right now, he's very careful with the places that he goes. Anywhere he or his people go, they have to be very careful with what audiences are there. And the president has always been very smart. He's always preferred to go to church because, you know, in church, the audiences are very tamed and it's the house of the Lord. Nobody's going to try and cause chaos. He tried an open rally. He tried an open rally. He actually felt the heat on the ground. And, you know, it's such a full circle moment because the same thing happened with President Uhuru Kenyatta, where towards the end of his tenure, it's almost as if they became tone deaf. They were not listening to people. When people said, we do not want to go this direction, they were trying to bulldoze their way in that direction. And the people sent them a very clear message. And even though that clear message was, 
we do not want anything to do with you and your governance and instead opted for Ruto. Ruto has not proven to be any better than his predecessor. What we forget is that he served in that government for 10 years. If he wanted to do something, he would have done something. But then again, that is story for another day because President William Ruto has morphed into exactly what his boss was and what made Kenyans turn away from his boss. And it took Uhuru Kenyatta nearly nine years nine years to start bulldozing his way through power and he did not technically bulldoze his way through power it's just that he did not listen to the people and when the people said no that was it but here you have a president who's saying even though the courts have said we cannot tax you in this scheme that nobody understands how it works to be able to build houses that nobody knows how we will allocate he says he will defy the court second year in office defy the constitution in order to go on with his projects and this raises a lot of questions about the kind of person that he is the kind of leader that he is and the kind of administration that we are going or kenyans are going to have for the next four years and then if you work on the assumption that he's going to get re-elected another five years so that would have meant that kenya has had poor leadership for 20 years 10 whole kenyatta 10 William Ruto because again it's just I don't know if it's a universal rule but most of us during election season we lose common sense we retreat into our tribal cocoons and we vote for the very people that perpetuate cycles of abuse and oppression and then another wasted five years and those 20 years will take 40 or 60 years to undo because by the time you're done paying all the borrowing that they're doing and getting back to a place where you can sustain yourself and then doing all the unscrupulous business deals that they've signed what do you think is left of the country when you have a country that majority of the youth are unemployed or working in blue collar jobs yet they have potential to work in blue chip companies what do you think becomes of your economy what do you actually think becomes of your economy so i don't know if this um the rebellion by the people is actually to show dissatisfaction and it will reflect in the elections come 2027 or people are just fed up now and then during election cycles with something as small as ten dollars then people will lose their common sense again anyway here are two politicians two kenyan politicians the president and a women representative being booed by the people who voted for them because they've refused to use their position of power to change the lives of people